Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. This is ARB. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! Starting with the Thomas Voice Reloaded on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then the Thomas Voice presents by booking only Tuesdays. It's the Grub at 1 p.m. Followed by Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Green at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk. With Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30. Followed by Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Friday, Music of the Spirit with Trey Milner at 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays is our double hitter. And it starts with Saturday for Bet with Sister Lorraine Brown with Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Central. Followed by Brother Don Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. Also download Live 365 and search the Thomas Voice Radio Network and you're in there. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio or visit our website www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us family. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majalsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majal's Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Thomas Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrand. Right, right now on, on TPV Radio. This is Victory Over the Weight of Life with Sister Diane LeBrand. Welcome 
welcome, welcome. Hey, everybody, how are you? Thank you so much for being here another Tuesday. It is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I am grateful that you are here. Please, would you go ahead and share this message? Would you send the link to a family member or a friend letting them know victory over the waste of life is on live right now, and we are going to be discussing our scars today, our scars. I am yours truly, your host, author, and speaker, Diane Lubre. As always, Tuesdays, I look forward to what I miss, though it may make me nervous a little bit. <laughs> I still get nervous, but I thank God because that lets me know I cannot do this on my own. I need the strength and the help of Holy Spirit. So before we go any further, let us invite the Lord into this topic. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to thank you for today. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you for this day, Father, that was not promised to us. We thank you, God, that we are still in the land of the living. We thank you, God, because your grace has brought us thus far. Father, we want to thank you because you are God and you are God all by yourself. You don't need the help of no one else. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. That you wash us today, Father, in the blood of Jesus. That you clean us up. That you purge us. That you purify us. Father, we pray and we ask for forgiveness. Any sin, any iniquity, any transgression, God, if we've offended anyone and we don't know about it, Father, would you bring it to us so we can repent and ask for forgiveness. And if we are holding anyone, God, in our hearts, that we may release it. Father, we want to thank you for the praise report of Pastor Christopher Newton. God, we want to thank you, God, that you are the God who removes the pain. We want to thank you that you are the God that still heals. We want to thank you, God, because you still sit on the throne, and there is nothing, God, that you cannot do. We thank you, oh God. This is just an indication of what you're doing, oh God, in this ministry. This is just an indication of what's going to take place in the lives of everyone, God, who is a partner of this ministry and the ones who are listening. Father, you just letting us know it is starting from the head. You are healing the head, and on the way down, Father, you're going to trickle down your healing in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, for everyone that is listening that needs to be healed, we call on healing right now in Jesus' name. Everyone with a broken heart, we call, God, that you mend it right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, have your way in this program. Father, give us strength. Father, give us revelation. Father, give us understanding. Anything in us, dear God, that is not of you, let us bring it to the altar today, Father, because we know Jesus is coming back any day at any time, Father, and we want to be ready. We want to be prepared. So, Father, we pray, creating us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Welcome again, everybody. Thank you so very much. Welcome to Victory Over the Waste of Life. Please, if you are not following us, please go to TPV Radio Network. Follow the station, and you go, you look down for the lady in the yellow suit. That would be me. Hit that follow button and go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Let me know, praise God, that you are with me. Amen. We are here to make a difference. I want you to know that God did not just place you here for no reason, but there is a purpose and there is a calling on your life. So don't look at your life as your life is a mistake. Don't look at your life like it is over. Don't look at your life and think nobody loves me. Even in that, amen, God is working all things out for your good, amen. In the good, in the bad, in the ugly, in the gray, in the sunshine, in the rain, in the snow, in the hailstorm, I want you to remember that he is always with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Those are his words to you, not mine. My daddy used to say, a promise is a death, 
And I guarantee you, you can bank on the word of the Lord, that his word will never fail. Amen. Year after year, season after season, century after century, his word is steadfast, just like he is forever faithful, never changing, never casting any shifting shadows. So we want to thank you again for being here. I am so grateful one more time to be here. Amen. For the next hour or so, I will be with you. Don't forget, you can chat with us right here on tpvradionetwork.com. You can chat with us while you're listening. Amen. You don't have to give your name, but you can always chat with us and let us know where you're listening to. So with saying that, I want to say welcome to everybody around the world. If you are in South Africa, if you are in Kenya, if you are in Lagos, if you are in the Philippines, if you are in the U.S. Virgin Islands, if you are in the United States of America, in Canada, in the U.K., in South America, in Australia, in, oh, my God, wherever you are, I want to let you know I am so grateful that you are here, and I want to let you know that nothing happened by accident. There is no such thing as a coincidence in the Bible. The reason why you're here and the reason why I'm here before time begun, God had already ordained this day that we would be together. So give the Lord a great big thank you, Jesus, and let him know that we know that he is worthy to be praised. Amen. So let us get right into our topic. And tonight, amen, I just want to talk to you a little bit about scars. Scars. When we hear scars, we usually think of scars in the natural. Something may have cut you. You may have gotten a scratch. For those of us who came from a life of abuse, you may have a scar on your body. We also carry scars in our souls. We carry scars in our spirit. We carry scars in our finance. We carry scars in our hearts emotionally, mentally. We all in some way Somehow or another, we have some kind of scar, amen? And with scarring, there is going to be some baggage. So, so if you have scars that have not been healed, I can guarantee you, you have some baggage. If you have a scar in your emotion, there are some people that you just don't trust. There are some things that you just don't do. There are so many people who have walls built around their hearts and around their emotions. Why? Because their hearts and their emotions have been scarred. So they put a wall up above, wall around, wall under, and they're totally locked in. The thing with when we put up walls because of scars, not only can no one come in, but we can't go out either. So we imprison our own self because when you look at the scar and you remember how you got that scar, nobody likes to revisit hurt. Nobody likes to revisit pain. Nobody wants anything bad to come back to them. So when you have a scar, I look at my scars like this. I call them battle wounds. Because it tells me, and it is an announcement to hell and his imps, that you thought you had me. Yeah, you scarred me, but check me out. I'm still here. You thought you were going to knock me out. And when you hit me, I got dizzy. I stumbled. But here I am again. Shoot your best shot because it doesn't matter what you do to me. Greater is he that is in me than you, you weak, ugly, low-down, dirty dog devil. So he can do what he wants, but he cannot knock you out. So we carry scars. Amen. And the thing is about scars, you have to be careful with scars because sometimes you may have a little scratch, you know, a little cut, a little something, you know, and they can scar up. And some of the scars, you have to look kind of close to see the scars. And then there are some of us who don't have just scars, who have gashes. 
Amen. You look at your body and it's like a crater. You look at your chest and where you had that surgery for your heart and you have this line in your chest. And for people like me who've had different surgeries, you look at your stomach to the left or to the right. You look here for appendix and you look here and you look down here for, for, for the mothers who've had, had cesarean section and there are scars. And every time you look at the scars, it takes you back to that place. Sometimes it even takes you back to the feeling, sometimes even the smell of, of, of that time and that day. Sometimes uh, my fiancé and I will be driving and I'll hear a song, and I'll say, oh, my God, baby, I remember this song. I can tell you exactly where I was. I can tell you exactly what I was doing. I can tell you this, that, and the other. Why? It's a God. It's it's an image. It's an imprint that reminds me of something. Now, looking at me from the outside, you would never believe it has any kind of effect or infect on me. But I know what it's done to me, in me, and for me. For a lot of you, you have scars. Again, like I say, from 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 people who've been through abusive relationships, you have scars. And some of the scars are scars from a knife. Some of the scars are scars from a bullet. Some of the scars are scars from uh, a belt. Some of them are from a, a, a baseball bat or stick or whatever. You have these scars. This is what I want you to know. You are bigger than your scars. Amen. You are big. I have yet to see somebody who have a full body scar. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, front, back, side to side. I have yet to see somebody who have a full body scar. Now, even though when you look at that scar, it may be ugly, and the thoughts of it may be ugly, I want you to know your scar is ugly, or you may think it's ugly, but your scar does not make you. Not because your scar is ugly, that means you are ugly. Let me give you all a testimony about me, how a scar saved my life, how a scar kept me from going down a place that could have led to my death, that could have led to me probably not being here, never being heard of, probably wouldn't even know where I was because once upon a time I was so lost. My own mother, I mean, it's one thing, she, she didn't care about me, but it's one thing to not know where your daughter is for years. Okay, not knowing where your child is for 5, 10, 15 years. That, that is not anything that a child wants to go through, to know that they are all alone in the world. When the Lord clearly told us it is not good for man to be alone, not just the sex. It's just not good for human beings to be alone because and the Bible tells us an idle mind, idle hands. Is a devil workshop. Is a devil workshop. So, when I was 14 years old, I was in the Virgin Islands. I was in Saint Croix, and uh, we had, of course, home economics class. And the teacher that was cooking home economics, she was uh, making what we call back home like ice lollies, and that's like uh, the, the dry ice and. Uh, it's not dry ice, but, you know, you mix water, peanut butter, food coloring, and milk and everything, and you put it in a Ziploc bag, and you tie it, and you put it in the freezer to freeze, right? And then to eat it, you bite the the tip of it, and then you just suck on it. It's, it's something to just keep you cool, you know, keep keep you entertained, keep you from being bored. So I bought one of those, and my favorite flavor, one of my favorite flavors, coconut. And so I got a coconut. And then I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it that day, not paying any attention. And I woke up the next morning, and I was in so much pain, so much pain. I couldn't go to school. I couldn't keep anything down. I couldn't eat. I was just in excruciating pain to the right side of my stomach. The next day, I couldn't go to school. I stayed home maybe for four days in bed. I, I, I think my mom, my uh, adoptive mom, we probably thought it was maybe just the flu or something, not knowing my appendix was just going crazy on the inside. Long story short, 
I had to go ahead and have a pen, uh, uh, emergency appendicitis because if you know anything about your appendix, once it ruptures on the inside of you, you got to get that poison out of your body quick, 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 or it has the potential to kill you. Amen? That was the first time. Well, one of the many times the devil tried to kill me. And so had the surgery because it was an emergency surgery, left the ugliest scar on my stomach. Oh, my gosh. I hated that scar. I would look at my body, and the first place my eye would go to was on that scar because where the appendix is on your right, that's not where the incision was. The incision was right under my navel. So every time I look at it, it was this just horrible scars. And back in the days, it's not like now. You can have a surgery, and they can bring the body back together, and you barely see the scar. No, baby. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That one was like a highway. <laughs> that one was like a highway, baby. You got to put an 18-wheeler on there with a tractor trailer on the back. At least in my eyes, that's what it looked like. It was just ugly. So I looked at it. It was ugly. It made me feel ugly, even though nobody was able to see that scar. I was able to see it, and it made me feel ugly. And this speaks to some of y'all because some of you have scars, and people may not see it, but you know it's there, and it makes you feel ugly, whether it's mentally, again, physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, that is there. And it doesn't matter what you've tried to do with it. It's not going away. And I'm here to tell you, some of these stars that the Lord has given to us, it's a reminder that you are more than a conqueror, that the devil shot his best shot at you, and he cannot prevail because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So anyway, I went ahead, and I'm growing up, and then life hit. I left the VI, came up to Baytown, Texas, left uh, Baytown, went to the Job Corps in, 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 in San Marcos, then moved to Dallas. Moved to Dallas, single mom, bad relationship, came from a broken relation, came from a broken home. His Both his mom and dad was once upon a time drug addicts, multiple and just abuse where they were even fighting in the streets. Okay, fighting in the streets, people would come and try to try to separate them. So he grew up seeing all this stuff. So that means he has no respect for women. That means he has no self-control. That means in order for him to get his point across, he does not know how to use his words. He used his fist. He used a gun. He used anything rather than his word because you become what you are around whether good or bad. If you're around people who cuss, eventually you're going to start cussing. You're around people who lie. Whatever you associate yourself to, that's why the Bible tells us be careful who you allow rule you because who you allow rule you, you become a slave to that person. That Not that person, but that spirit becomes your master. So if you yield to the spirit of the living God, you become uh, you become taught and learned and instructed and directed into the things of God by the spirit of God. If you are being ruled and led and navigated by the spirit of this world, that's what you're going to do. You're going to accomplish and do the things that are in the world and not of God. So I went ahead and things got bad and I can't even remember how I learned about stripping. And and people start talking, uh, there's a lot of money in stripping and stuff. And I'm looking at me, pretty girl, fly, you know, no doubt about it, you know. And I'm thinking, baby, with this face and this body, oh, yeah, Sister Diane can make some money, money, make some money, money. Oh, yeah, I can make it rain. Forget rain, y'all. I can make it typhoon because I know me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so I'm like, oh, yeah. So I, I'm starting to to move my body in a certain way. I look at myself in the mirror with clothes on, and I try to dance seductive, and I try to move and and, and 
I don't know if that's still the money shot right now, but the money shot back in the days of being able to split. So I'm trying to get my split on so I can bring the dough home to take care of my kids. Not to do it because I was some kind of trifling little whore or I was, you know, something. I was looking, first of all, I was looking for love. I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for somebody to tell me I see you, I recognize you, even though something like stripping is so nasty. Something like stripping is so degrading and it is so ugly. I didn't care because I thought by doing that, I would get some attention. I would get some, somebody would talk to me, even though I'm using my body. But then again, you have to remember what happened to me as a kid. I was molested. So stripping, it would be one of the ways I get my power back. That's why it is so difficult for the girls who, who strip and, and, and the ones who are in prostitution to get off the pole and to get off the street because the power that you lost when you got raped, the power that you lost when you were sexually assaulted, when, when you were sodomized, when, when you, you, when you, you know what I'm saying, when they took your little body and did stuff with it that was not right. So it's just like the girl said in the movie, you got to use what you got to get what you want. And what I wanted was a better life for me and my children. So you see, now I can think about that and see, and I was like, whoa, girl, you, you, you were really out there. You really needed Jesus back then. I mean, like, my goodness, <laughs> you know, now that I can see it. But back then, I couldn't see it. I just knew what I needed. I needed some money to make sure I had this, that, and the other. So I'm doing all my little dances, and I'm trying to flip-flop <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And I'm trying to do my thing, right? To the point I was in my apartment and right off my windows, outside of my windows, I didn't understand why every day these two Hispanic guys would come and stand right there. But they had learned my routine when I came home and I put my babies to bed, you know, that's when I tried to, to work my body because of the way the apartment was set up right in front of the bathroom, the mirror and everything, and it's facing the window. Not realizing I was giving them super freaks a free show. They never gave me no money. Amen. <laughs> We're going to be real tonight, praise God. Let's be real. Let's be true. Let's be honest. Y'all know how I do it. So I'm doing all this until it came time to take my clothes off. And in my mind, in my mind, I'm still cool with it. And then me and this friend, we went to a strip joint, and I'm looking at the girls, and, oh, Jesus, I pray for every stripper right now, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you pull them out. Father, I pray that you open their eyes right now, God, showing them, God, who they are in you. Lord Jesus, have mercy. And, I'm in there, and I'm looking at the girls, and they are feeling so good about themselves. But one thing they all had in common, they were all broken like I was broken. And in order to get up on that stage to take your clothes off and use what your mama gave you to make some cash, folks had to smoke. You have to get high, or you have to get tipsy. Every stripper you see up there, some way, somehow, they are out of their element unless they just want to do their thing. But for the rest that are broken, 99% of the girls in the strip, you might find two, two, three, that's just, that's just what they like. But you take the chance and you talk to them. You will see, you will hear, you will understand all the brokenness in them. Somebody did something to them. It was mama's boyfriend. It was uncle. For some of them, it was even daddy. You see what I'm saying? They were gang raped. They were date raped. And now they just feel so nasty because they never went to the Lord and asked the Lord to heal them. So that scar, that scar never heals up. It is a gaping wound. And until that scar is a heal, you will continue to get infections. And as long as you continue to get infections, you will remain where you are. Amen. So I get in there and I'm watching these girls. And, oh, God, I saw this one specific girl, one of them, she had just had a baby just had a baby. That baby 
I think when they said it, that baby was maybe six weeks old, she just had a baby. You can still see her little, I just had a baby belly. Amen. And she's up there and she's trying to do her stuff. And the, and the, 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 the DJ, he had to say to, he had to say to, to the people, y'all go on ahead, support her. You know, she just gave birth and stuff like that within itself. That alone is such an embarrassment such a low-down, dirty, low-grade stuff to do and to say. But again, sometimes the pain that you suffer, it will cause you to push through and endure things that you're not supposed to. And that's what the devil likes because you give him a certificate to say, here you go, Satan, do whatever you want to do. Embarrass me. I don't care because I don't love myself. And right now, there's no way that God that we talk about, there's no way he can love me because if God loved me, why am I here? If God loved me, why haven't he given me the job that I am able to take care of my kids? If God loved me, why am I still in constant pain? So the devil will use our hurt, our pain, our scars, and he will try to flip it because that's who he is, using smoke and mirror to make our God look like he's not a good God, but our God is a loving God. God didn't want me stripping, just like he didn't want that young girl up there stripping, begging for some money, and then all these men touching on her, and then she got to go home and take care of that baby. God does not want that. Anybody in their natural right mind would not want that. And I looked to the left of me, and there was this young girl, and I'll never forget her face. She had uh, she had cut her hair blonde. Uh, if you guys remember the movie Set It Off with Queen Latifah, the girl that played Queen Latifah's uh, girlfriend with the short hair, she was mute. You know, but she, the short hair and how she looked, that's exactly how that girl looked But her. She had her hair blonde. And it's just her alone. And there were like about five guys. And each one of them, they only had a dollar in their hand. So that's five dollars. And they just passing her around. Passing her. And then it just so happened, my eye just looked. And where one of them had their hand, oh, my God. And do you know that did not deter me? Do you know that did not say, stupid, wake up, stupid, wake up. This is not what God has for you. Because of the scar, because of the wound that was still there, because of that gaping hole in my heart that I could not find the right medicine to heal. I had no clue who the bomb of the hill yard was. No clue, no clue, no clue. Jesus is able to heal the deepest hurt, the deepest scars, the deepest wound, the deepest pain. I had no clue. And check this out. I grew up in the church. That's why we got to be so careful what we preach in the pulpit and the actions that we take after we preach these words. Because if you're preaching one thing in the pulpit and your action is a different way, don't think people ain't watching you and don't think people aren't paying attention, especially the young people. We see, or well, we, Sister Diane, still young. <laughs> we see what is being taught and preached in the pulpit. But then when they get off the pulpit, I hate to say, but ain't no better than some other people in the streets. No better. Amen. So I'm seeing all that. <sighs> and I'm still working on my split. I'm still working on all this, that, and the other. And then I get home. And then I took my clothes off. And boom, the scar is right there. Ah, oh, shucks. Not that doggone scar. Not the scar. And that scar was the ugliest thing on earth. And that scar, thank you, Jesus, now, that scar kept me off the pole. That scar kept me from becoming a stripper. That scar kept me going to school. That God kept me catching the bus, the little money that I had. I learned to bring my tithes and offering to the Lord, and the Lord sustained. 
sustained me and my kids. The electricity never got cut off. The water never got cut off. We always had food. We always had clothes. We always had shoes. We didn't we didn't live in, 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 in the best parts of the city, but we lived in a place where we were safe enough, where we were not hearing gunshots, where all these crazy things was not going. Had it not been for that scar, only God knows where I would have been today. So that scar saved me. And this is how God works. God is so awesome. God is so awesome. He really does things that nobody thinks of and that nobody can do but him. Amen. So even in all what I was going through, he was still teaching me. He was still he was still showing me because he knew someday God would give a young man by the name of Christopher Newton a dream to have a radio station and he would interview me of writing a book and then God will open the door to give me a platform where I can tell of the goodness of God where somebody is listening and you can say if God did it for her, he can do it for me too because God is no respecter of person. So today I am here to thank God for my scar. Now, after God, after I saw that scar, and I was like, ain't no way, no how. I don't care how shiny that silver pole is, it ain't going down, you know. Then I went, I was working on my college degree. And they started talking about makeup. It's like I forget how the conversation came, but like uh, going to the going to the to the swimming pool, and somebody was trying to wear a certain uh, bathing suit, and they had stretch marks and a scar, or whatever. And it's like, girl, you can get you a water water resistant foundation or concealer, whatever, and you can put on that girl, and they would never know. And I thought about, I said, son of a gun, had I heard of that conversation before the Lord started letting this uh this scar begin to heal. I would have gone and get me some waterproof, okay, concealer and I would have rubbed and I would have covered that scar and I would have have myself on that stage and only God know what and who the devil would have used to come and destroy my life and destroy the life of my children. And this scar, after I had another surgery, y'all, don't you know, I went in for that surgery, and I was like, oh, my ugly scar. Y'all, when <laughs> when that doctor finished with me, I looked at my scar. I was like, oh, my God. You can you can barely see the scar now. You can barely and you know why? Because God knows I have saved her. I have delivered her. Now this scar is a testament. It's a testimony unto me. Every time I look at that scar, I say, Yo, I am more than a conqueror. Every time I look at that scar, you cannot tell me there is not a God. Not only did he save my life. He saved my soul. He saved my children because I have a daughter, and my daughter could have grown up and do the same thing. So don't look at your scars and think your scars are ugly. Don't look at your scars and say, oh, my God, I cannot believe these scars. Oh, my God, this is going on, and, and oh, my God, thank God for it. You never know how God is using your scars to bring healing to you and to bring healing to someone else. Remember, like I told you, there is somebody who is looking at you. There is somebody, you are their hero. You may not look at yourself as a hero, but you are somebody's hero. You are somebody's example. You are somebody's shining light. You are somebody that somebody else is looking at and say, man, I wish I could be like her. I wish I could overcome like him. I wish, I wish, I wish. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something? We have no need to wish. All we have to do is pray. And don't forget, God is not the person who uses favoritism. Okay? There is no favoritism 
found in our God just the way he has healed me. Baby, you could not give me a million dollars today to get on the post. Because I know that I know that I know there is no amount of money that is worth what God has done in me. And you cannot give me anything that can say, Diane, here, I'll give you a boatload. I'll give you the biggest house. No, 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 because I have a conscience. I have a conscience, and I have to look at myself in the mirror, and I have to remember when I looked at myself back in the days, and I saw nothing, and I saw somebody who had been tossed aside. I saw somebody who had been rejected over and over and over and over. And today I am accepted in the beloved. Today God is saying to me, you, Diane, you are the apple of my eye. Today I know that I am an heir of God and I am a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Today I know right now, even though my physical body is here in Texas, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And when you come to that place, nothing, nothing, nothing people can tell you I can give to you that will make you say, oh, okay, I'm going to leave Jesus and go back, even though he is faithful. But I heard a man of God say, I might get out there and I might like it too good and don't want to come back. So I'm not going to take that chance. And my thing is I get out there. And I start living a reckless life and doing all these things. And just when, baby, I'm about to get down. It happened just like in the day of Noah when the rain came down. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. And the flood came and the door was closed and they all perished. The Bible asks us, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and loses his soul? And what shall a man give? In exchange for his soul. And the answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. 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 Your scar. Look at it. It says to you, you're still here. It says to you, God has graced you. Your scar says to you, I've been to battle. I've been to the battle. And I'm still here. Yes, I got a scar. It doesn't matter what it looked like. But I came out of it, and I came out stronger, I came out better, I came out smarter, I came out most of all closer to the Lord. You'll be surprised. It is in the time of scarring. It is in the time before the scar, the, the scab is made. It's in that time that you get to know God for yourself. See, people can tell you about God. Your grandmama can tell you about God. Your granddaddy, the pastors, the preachers, everybody, they can tell you about God. But until you get to have a direct one-on-one -on -one with God for yourself, you will serve somebody else's God. You will worship somebody else's God. You will never get to know God for you and for you for yourself. So I urge you today, as you look at your scar, ask the Lord. What was this scar for? I have this, I, I, I've been to battle. Your battle is not for you. All the things that I've been through, all the hurt and the pain that I've gone through, that was not for me. God used me to go through it, but it is to help somebody else. Amen. So ask God, okay, Lord, I got hurt. Okay, Lord, this happened. I got this sickness. I got this going on. Okay, Lord, what is it for? Because it's not for me. It's not who are you making me an example to? Who are you using me to bring into the kingdom of God? Because we all have a mandate that we are supposed to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, let me tell you something. You can't tell me nothing if you ain't never been where I've been. <laughs> you can't say anything to me. You know, you cannot tell me. See, I've never been to space, so I can't tell you what it is like going to space. I've never ran a, a radio station, so I cannot tell you what it takes. I've never gone, well, I tried to, but uh -uh, scuba diving. So I cannot tell you what the, the pressure and, and the equipment and all that is like. I've never done none of that, so I can't tell you that. 
But one thing I can tell you, I have been hurt and I have been broken and I have cried where there was no tears left. I have laid on my pillow and I cried silently to where my pillow was wet and I had to flip it over and I fell asleep crying. I can tell you what it feels like to be rejected. I can tell you what it feels like to have a mother that says you ain't going to be nothing. I I can tell you what it feels like to have a mother that says you ain't no good. You just like your daddy. I have the mother that tells you. Sorry, y'all. I think my daughter came home. My dog just barked. Sorry, y'all. This is the new normal, y'all. This is the new normal. This is how we do things in this generation henceforth. <laughs> Go see your dad. Bye-bye. Okay, sorry, y'all. <laughs> I love life, right? This is to be a reality show right there. Sister Diane and her dog and her daughter coming home. <laughs> I love it. God is good. Amen. So don't, uh, don't, ooh, don't go ahead and think or feel that God doesn't love you because of what you're going through. I remember I heard somebody say, God give the greatest test. To the greatest warrior, I'm like, yeah, that's because you ain't going through it. <laughs> yeah, that's because you ain't hurt like I'm hurt. That's because you're not feeling what I'm feeling. I guarantee you, you get in this fire with me, you're going to change that. You ain't going to want to be no great warrior no more. You're just going to say, Lord, just let me be one of them worker bees. I don't want to be nobody great. Because to be great, to be awesome, to make a difference in somebody's life, your life, some way, somehow or the other, God is going to flip you. God is going to rock your world because you cannot be used by God if you've never been through nothing. You will be person filled with pride. It's going to be me, myself, and I. I did, I said, I went. I saw, I gave, I pushed, I pushed. It's going to be me, 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 me. But when you see God take you and he yank you out of you, you come to the point where you say, Amen. Give God the glory. Give God the I am at the point where people say, Thank you, Diane, for certain things, and I'm afraid to say thank you. Not because some, I want to say thank you just to say, you know what I'm saying, because you don't want to be rude for those of us whose mama taught us uh, manners and respect. Somebody do something, somebody give you something, somebody give you a compliment, you're supposed to say thank you in that manner. But I've gotten to the place where I am so nervous, where I don't want to take none of God's glory. Because let me tell you something. When God began to gut you out, the last thing you want to do is be gutted again. And the best way to get gutted again is to walk in Christ. Let me tell you something. I know there is no good thing in me except the God that is in me. I know all the stuff that I've been through, even with these 13 years of having this issue with my eyes. I know, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God that still have me here. Because people look at me. This one lady, she said, I don't think you're blind. I was like, why you say that? She said, because you don't. I'm like, thank you, God. Because we're not supposed to bring attention to ourselves when God is working in us. Let God do what he does. Amen. Let him do what he does because the minute people going to start telling you, because the devil going to send people your way to make you feel like you're such a man. The devil is going to send people your way to trick and trap you back into the place where you give him access to you. Amen. Don't give him any access to you. Learn from the scars that you currently have. Amen. Learn from the scars that you cut. I have um, uh, like a little black hole type deal in my upper arm, my right arm. And in 2012, I had I had three surgeries in 2012. 
one in June, one in July, one in December. The devil tried to take me out three times in 2012. Amen. Just, just out of nowhere. He just tried to kill me. I'm going to take. So they had to take blood to the point where I now have a callus. I didn't even know that was possible to have a callus over my vein because they stuck me there so many times. There's like a callus. So they had to put a pick in my arm. So they had to put a hole in my arm, almost close to under my arm, and they had to put a pick there, and they had to put a stent in there that goes directly into that main vein that goes into my heart. So when the phlebotomist came to get blood, if I'm asleep, they can just put the needle in the stent and draw the blood out. I looked at that thing, and I remember, amen, I remember the nurse that came in there. I remember when they gave me that shot to deaden my arm. I remember me laying there. Let me tell you something. There is a pain, y'all, that hurts so much. It's not even pain anymore. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. I just don't know if that makes sense. There, There is a pain that hurts so much, your body is numb. And even though your body is numb, you feel the pain in, like, every cell of your body. If you try to cut your nails, you feel it in your nails. And I have been in those places where I just lay there and cry. And the honest truth, honest truth, it would be like, God, I'd be better off dead. I'd be better off dead because I just cannot take this pain anymore. God, I just... I I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. But what does he tell us? To whom much is given, much is required. The greatness that is on your life, it's not just going to happen. The things that God put into you, it's not just going to come out. He has to agitate and he has to aggravate it and he has to find a way to pull it out of you. Uh, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts that are within you because we have gifts in us and they're dormant and God needed and God knows if it's up to us, these gifts are going to stay in us and it's not going to profit us anything. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe said, the richest place in the world, it's in the cemetery. Because so many people never allowed the gifts to come alive in them. So many people died, never stepped into purpose. So many people died, and they gone, and you're like, oh, my God. I was talking to my friend, and I said, oh, my God. I said, you realize Whitney and her daughter is gone? And she said, oh, my God, Diane, I didn't even think of her daughter. I say, yep, because to whom, again, much is given, much is required. If you don't, it's like a bank account, baby. If you <laughs> go get a checkbook and you go writing checks and there's no deposit on that account to cover those checks, I am pretty sure I can guarantee you you're going to be standing before somebody's judge. Amen. (laughs) You have to, when God put in you, everything God deposited in you, he expects, he expects to receive what he gave to you. When God gives you, it's not for you. It's not so you can say, here am I, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm all this, that, and the other. Look at me. Set your face on me. No, 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 baby. No, no, no. Go ask that servant that the Lord gave one talent to. He hid it. What did the Lord call him? He said, you wicked servant. He didn't cuss. I, the Bible didn't tell us he committed adultery, fornication, murder. He didn't do none of that. The talent the Lord gave to him, he did nothing with it. 
He did not make a change in the life of nobody. He didn't let nobody know this talent here that I have. The Lord has given it to me, and I'm going to use it to the best of my ability, not to bring the attention to me, but to bring the attention to him. Because everything we do with the life and the talent that God has given to us, it is to bring glory and honor to his name, and it is to further the kingdom of God. So let your scars speak. Let your scar be heard. Let your scar not make you, but you tell God, show me how to make this scar not work for me, Lord, but let it work for you. This scar, God, this disability that I have, how can I use this disability to let somebody else know? In spite of this disability, still serve a big God. He's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. This, let me tell you something. When this mosquito bit me and gave me the West Nile virus, let me tell you something. I have never prayed like I pray. I had no clue, no idea that the Lord had called me, excuse me, the Lord had called me to be an intercessor. No clue. But what happened? Stir up that gift. And what did he use? A mosquito. What is it going to take for God to get your attention? What is it God is going to have to do to give you that scar? And every time you look at that scar, you have to look onto heaven and say, thank you, Jesus. Every time you look at that scar, your knees got to hit the ground and say, God, if it was not for you, I wouldn't have made it. How is it God? have to get your attention. Come on. How is it going to have to use your attention to bring you to the place where he have called you? Take it from me. <laughs> Take it from a pro. <laughs> it is better for you to fall on that rock. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. It is better for you to fall on that rock rather than that rock to fall on you. What did he say? He said, if you fall on the rock, you will be broken. But if that rock falls on you, it will grind you to powder. Please, learn from me and so many other people. Throw yourself on the rock. Who is the rock? His name is Jesus. You run after him. Don't let him run after you because he's going to trip you. And you're not going to like how you fall, when you fall, where you fall, and who is there when you fall. So you run to Jesus. You let him know, God, I cannot do nothing without you. There is a purpose that you have placed in me. That scar that I'm looking at, that hurt, that pain, that discomfort that I have, Lord, here I am. Send me, the man of God say, Lord, send me, I'll go. Amen. Your scar is not to hurt you. It's not to destroy you. Your scar is a reminder that your father, he loves you, and he wants what's best for you. And he's going to use you to let somebody know, like I am letting you know, that he loves you. And he has something fantastically, wonderfully, amazingly in store for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you tonight for being with me. I want to ask you, if you are not following me on social media, would you go to author Diane Lubrin on Facebook? You can do either Diane Lubrin or Lubrin Books on Instagram. Amen. You can follow me there. Go to my website, Lubrin Books, L-E-B-R-I-N-B-O-O-K-S dot com. There you can order my books, praise God. And uh, I just want to say thank you again, and I just want to thank God again. And to the Newton family, I just want to thank you guys so much again because you guys are the funnel that God is using to help me become everything that he has called me to be. And because of that, I speak a double portion over you and your family and your ministry. I pray that the hands of God will be revealed to you and God
God going to bless you so good, man of God, that he going to rock your world. He going to knock your socks off, not because of who you are, but because of who he called you to be. You have said yes, and because of your yes, Sister Shanice, because of your yes, he's going to bless you guys in a place and in a way that you guys never thought of. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for today. I give you praise, glory, and honor. Everyone listening, Father, minister, let your word reach them. Let your love surround them. Let your love cover. Let it hover over them, I pray, dear Father. In your name, we give praise, glory, and honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. Good night, everybody. You guys have a great uh, a great week. I will be with you next week, God's will. Can y'all believe it, y'all? Next Thursday, Thanksgiving. So, family, <laughs> walk with me. Let's go. I love you guys. Good night, everybody. Central Texas.